Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 70 of On the Flank. I am one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we have some news this week. <laughs> that we do, and lots of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Kaplan, he is finally alive. spoken. He is alive. He is well. <laughs> he he can still talk, and he can, he is still on the Overwatch team. Um, we do know that. Uh, we know a lot of, a lot of uh, other things here too, which of course we will get into. Um, that'd be insane if we didn't get into it. They <laughs> just save it for next week, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I'm just gonna keep. I, I gotta put this disclaimer out there for people who don't know yet. I did make the official announcement on Twitter now uh, that I'm working for the Boston Uprising now whilst still doing this podcast as long as I still can. So uh, I, I am I am coming up with some integrity and I am saying I work for the Boston Uprising now. I might have some biases towards them. I already I've worked there for a week now. I already love their players. So Bias, the bias is here. The bias trains here for the Boston Uprising, uh, but no, I'm I'm gonna try my hardest not to. You'll see in my power rankings next week. Uh, <laughs> power rankings: Boston's not gonna be number one. <laughs> I promise you that. Do you do much directly with the players? Uh, yeah. So I, I am the digital content creator of the Boston Uprising, and um, I recorded a video with two players. Uh, a couple days ago, actually, that will probably be out next week on Twitter. So you'll be able to see it then. Um, but yeah, I so we've been ever. I've been when I shoot, I'm working with the players when I'm filming. Or I'm either filming or I'm editing videos. When I'm editing videos, we're away from where the players practice. So um, we're kind of just on our own um, in Gillette Stadium working then. So. Huh. Yeah, I've the players are they're they're raring up, they're scrimming, they're doing what you think they're doing. Um, <laughs> no secrets here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, Joe, the patch man. Let's let's kick it off. I don't think we ever started it off an episode with a patch, but we're doing it today. I don't think so. Yeah, just uh, based on the way we got it lined up here. Uh, but yes, we had a PTR patch on January twenty third. Uh, so it's last Thursday, which means it probably came out like immediately after we had a show or something, or immediately after we recorded a show. Um, but that is out, um, and as um, is, I guess, patterned now, um, that, that patch now has also come to the live version five days later, um, three business days later uh t- tuesday the 28th uh this patch is live uh so i'll read from the live patch notes in talking about um i believe this is actually still 1.44 point something it's not um or 1.45 but it, it didn't it didn't take a step um up a full version number from the last patch we had but here we are uh, uh, this is currently on the live servers as we speak. Hanzo Storm Arrows damage reduced from 70 to 60. Uh, it's the second Hanzo nerf in as many patches, uh, which is significant. Um, McCree's Deadeye. Uh, while you fire Deadeye, you're no longer locked, um, or relatively locked, um, 
in your aiming, uh, which this, again, was also on the PTR. Um, it means you can get a little bit more impressive dead eye kills, which is nice. PTR change that didn't make it to live um, gave a nerf to McCree's fire rate, basically taking it back to where it was before it was buffed most recently, I believe, but that was several months ago. Um, uh, as well as a buff to his health. <laughs> he had uh, 250 health on the PTR for a while, um, but that did not make it to live either. So the only change to McCree uh, was to his ultimate. Uh, Reaper's passive healing, uh, the reaping, it's called, uh, the amount that he heals is, has been reduced from 40% to 30% of the damage that he deals. Uh, Reese's primary fire, um, has, the, its damage has been reduced from 11 to 10. I believe that was 9 on the PTR, um, so it's a little bit less, uh, less drastic than it originally was. Uh, Fortify's cooldown increased again uh, from eight to ten seconds. Or actually, I think it was decreased most recently when they changed when they changed some of the stuff. But it's been increased back up to ten seconds. Um, and halt snare duration reduced from one second uh, to zero point six five seconds, almost um, almost half as long, which is um, probably significant. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which. Uh, is, is a super, super in, intense review, but that's sort of where I'm at as far as that goes. Uh, Sigma change, uh, Gravitic Flux, his ultimate can now be interrupted before the targets begin falling. Um, it's just a little bit easier to stun him out of that, I guess. And uh, the impact slow duration on, um, excuse me, on players who are caught in its range has been reduced from 0.9 seconds to 0.6 seconds. Uh, so you have a little bit uh, sooner the ability to try to avoid um, uh, avoid further damage from Gravitic Flux. Uh, Sigma's Rock Accretion Explosion Damage reduced from 60 to 40, which again, seems pretty significant. It's like a, you know, it's only two-thirds as strong as it has been. And finally, uh, Nerfs to Baptiste, um, uh, his primary fire damage, uh, the, the damage part of his gun recovery time has been increased from 0.35 to 0.45 seconds, so you'll be firing less frequently. Um, and his secondary fire, the healing grenades, uh, the explosion radius has been reduced from 60 to 50. Uh, I don't know what the, uh, units are on that, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's now one-sixth smaller than it used to be. Um, and again, that's live. It was on the PTR for five days, um, and is now live. Nice. Um, and this was, this was a nice little beginning of the week here. Um, and it kind of, it kind of gave us a hint of what was coming. Um, because they, I mean, PTR usually would take a couple of weeks itself. And as you stated, three business days, um, this time around. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I, and not only quick but some some good changes here um nerfing who needs to be nerfed giving some buffs to some to some people who need some buffs it's nice um yeah absolutely uh, and, and as we'll we'll get into as we're sort of just launching into um <laughs> second part of this news <laughs> uh it, it seems very um very in in line with uh what jeff has communicated that they're interested in continuing to do Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's just uh, jump right into this developer update that came out uh, yesterday. Now, from when when this is going to be released. And uh, yeah, it's 
it's right in the title of the thing. There was there's a little bit spoil of a spoiler alert in the title. I was pretty upset at that, but I um yeah. because I immediately was like, Oh, hero pools. And then I just like kept thinking about it while Jeff was talking and I was like, Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. Um uh, but yeah, Jeff Jeff came on, developer update. We haven't had one in forever. Um, and he first talked about experimentation and patching and something that um I think we all expected to be happening based off what he was saying on the forums a couple weeks ago um, is as they're going to be patching faster, but not only that, but they're adding an experimental card uh, accessible for both PC and console players. Um, It's not going to replace the PTR, but they're going to have just a little bit of an experimental game mode um, where some things are going to be changed in there. And they're going to see how they like those changes and see how the people like those changes. I imagine they that they as developers were able to do this all the time, but now they would like some some feedback and some of the people's opinions on it. Um, and as Joe has delightfully quoted for me, uh, Jeff <laughs> Jeff said that they want to change and balance philosophy with more aggressive, more frequent. And not afraid to do something and then take it back. Uh, he wants to directly target the meta because that is what we want. And it is what we want. Um, and thank God. Let's, all right, let's just talk. <laughs> let's talk patching real quick, Joe, because um, as the patch man, it seems like you're going to be getting a lot more patches here to read on air. Are you excited? Are you upset? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, you think so. And uh, one of the things I was highlighting there from from this developer update, it was uh, almost funny if you go back and, and watch um, the the way Jeff was talking about this. He spent you know several seconds, a, a good long amount of time, to, um, doing what felt like um, putting all of the blame on the community <laughs> and just and just be like, if this fails, we're just doing what you've told us to do. Yep. <laughs> which um, you know, which is valid. I mean, um, you know, it could be that you know, Jeff personally is is not so much a fan of this. I don't know, but it, it just struck me. Um, he's like, you know, this is what we're hearing from the community, and this is what you guys want to do, and so this is what we're trying to do, and we'll see how it goes. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I mean, and you're right. This is certainly the the vocal part of the community, whether it's a you know, vocal minority, vocal majority, whatever, but uh, certainly the vocal part of the community um, has been super into this. Uh, It's specifically the, you know, parts about that they're going to target the meta. Um, They're not going to let anything, uh, you know, sit idle. Like that's, um, you know, in theory, what lots and lots of uh, uh, people want, which which is a good thing. You know, that's the point of... um, that's that's the point of trying to make these changes um and the the experimental card was interesting too um the the two big benefits he had brought about for that or he mentioned for that was uh, to console players obviously who don't have access to the ptr and they'll have a place to be able to uh, play some of these um pre-official game changes and, and help with that kind of testing uh, on console specifically but also um, the advantage that you know they might get a little bit more participation with that 
Um, because, for example, when they have their, their weekly events and that kind of thing, where you have to get nine wins and you get a prize, um, he, he mentioned explicitly that that would um, that, that would count towards your nine wins. So you get a little bit of a um, incentive that way, too. It's, it, in that sense, it's like an arcade mode you can play. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly going to be different. Uh, it sounds like we'll definitely get more frequent patches. I think we've had two significant ish ones in January already. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they come every two weeks. Maybe it's more frequent than that. Um, we'll kind of have to see as they get into what I assume will be some kind of groove, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, but, and that's only half the news too. So, yeah, I mean, this is the first half, <laughs> the first half of the news is like no controversy. Like everyone's like, yes, this is what we wanted. I haven't seen anyone on Twitter or anywhere be like, no, I want less patches. What are you guys thinking? Uh, <laughs> I have only seen good feedback for this. Everyone's like, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and based off of January alone, it seems like a patch every two weeks is reasonable. It seems like that's what's going to happen. Um, and like you mentioned, I think the only only difference could be even more than two per month, which would be crazy. But um, they're already they're already changing something every week here uh, with this next piece of news: Hero Pools, starting with competitive season. 21 which starts in march do you know the exact date of that um it probably could be looked up but i don't know it no um yeah it starts in march uh i know for overwatch league it starts march 7th so it's probably early march um but yeah march season 21 there are going to be hero pools so just like you have a map pool for an entire competitive season which they introduced a couple seasons ago or last season i think a couple seasons ago maybe um but this is not going to be a full season long hero pool this is a weekly hero pool so every week they're going to choose a set heroes it's if it's based off of how the overwatch league is doing it they're going to basically remove two dp two damage characters one tank character and one support character from the pool um of character of playable characters for that entire week and then you move up the next week happens and then those heroes are back in and then they take four more out um i know overwatch league has more of a different system to target those here certain heroes but it's from all from what i know in competitive ladder um it is just completely random which heroes are taken out and in of the pool uh i imagine there is no two weeks in a row where genji is out or anything like that though yeah i think they did explicitly say somewhere that uh uh yeah that if it's out one week it definitely won't be the next yeah um but yeah this is Basically, and this is only in competitive. If you do anything else, arcade, quick play, anything, any other game mode besides competitive, you can play any hero you want. Uh, just in competitive, those four heroes will be unplayable for the week. And this is to make things, to make the meta flow more. It is to make it so we're not in one stagnant meta for three or four months or however long it is for overwatch because it's forever compared to other games 
Um, and now it looks like that meta will only last like a week, which is crazy. It, this is a way to do that. Um, yeah, as far as Overwatch League stuff goes, there's a whole blog post about it on the Overwatch League website if you want to go into deep details on it. But that is, it is starting March 7th. The match is March 7th. Um, and they're, the way they're doing it is they're randomly selecting it based off of uh, hero play time from the previous week. So randomly select it seems like they're just going to pick they're going to take the top played heroes from last week put them into like a pool and and randomly pick them out like a lottery type system um, yeah that's um there's an article out somewhere about it they um it was like an interview with one of the admin people but yeah that's the same thing based on based on usage data they'll make a pool and draw from the pool yep um and also no hero will be unavailable two weeks in a row, just like competitive ladder. Uh, and a big key thing actually is during the mid season tournaments, the play in tournament playoffs and grand finals, there will be no hero pools. Every hero will be playable during those. So only regular season matches starting March 7th. Will there be a hero pools? Um, and all- which I would think is a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And also Jeff even mentioned himself if it's if it doesn't work out in competitive season twenty one and if he if people don't like hero pools, then they will quickly retract it and they will or the or they'll, or they'll make adjustments to it, like instead of every week, every two weeks. Um, stuff like that. So I imagine the same thing goes for Overwatch League. If it's a disaster and everybody hates it, um, I imagine they can also say, Okay, have all your heroes back um yeah i'm not sure uh i think it would take a lot for the lead or for the game um to just completely go back on itself um and just take away it entirely but i wouldn't be surprised if they they do a lot of playing with like the time window like you said like i'm i feel like in practice one week is going to be not very much time at all i, I could see him going to two um and do like two band pools a month, but, um, uh, yeah, to, to, it would take a lot, I think for them to just abandon that completely. Yeah. yeah. Not that they've, you know, committed to it. Uh huh. I agree. I, I think before they, before they get rid of it, they would change it to two weeks or, or something like that. Or maybe it's not, I don't know. Uh, though it's so Joe, let's, all right. <laughs> well, also in this article is they are saying that they are going to keep up with Overwatch game patching since it's going to be faster now. They're going to try their hardest to keep up with it. Um, even though it still says whenever the live game receives a new patch, the Overwatch League will begin playing on the patch two weekends later, which I'm still kind of annoyed by, but that's fine um, because if it's two weekends later, doesn't a pa- if a patch comes out every two weeks, then they're going to be one patch behind all the time. Still think they should be on the current patch no matter what, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the controversy because it seems like half of the community is like, hero pools, bad idea. And the other half is like, yes, this is fun. The Overwatch League is going to be fun to, to watch again. Which side are you on, Joe? I think... Um 
really, uh, really, I'm a fan of this, and um, it comes from me having um, not played a lot of the game recently. Um, but uh, but once these hero pools hit, you know, I I could very easily see myself diving back into it. Um, you know, to a significant degree, um, just because of the variety that the game's going to have now. Because, um, like, I'm not, as a player, I'm not in a position where I'm super committed to specific heroes um, or, um, you know, players who are, you know, one-tricks, uh, which which obviously this is, uh, as I think I wrote in our notes, a huge nerf to one-tricks uh, is basically the way. No way, this hero hero pool system is going to come out, um, unless you just take a week long hiatus from Overwatch, uh, if your if your hero is banned. But uh, but it's going to be a lot more interesting to to play the game, I think, um, because of you know some of the variety that you'll, that you'll start seeing, uh, and obviously from a from a, a league analyst perspective, which is basically what we are. Um, it's gonna be super excellent. Uh, it, it, like this is one of um, like the, the better decisions they could have made. Um, in terms of well, I, I just sort of said that without thinking. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, but I think it's a good decision uh, in terms of keeping uh, keeping you know the game fresh and like interesting to watch um, because you are gonna have teams. Um, that are just diving into this and being really gung-ho about it. Um, I was watching, um, not on Facebook Gaming, but I was watching the YouTube um, highlight video of Jane's stream when he was streaming on Facebook Gaming <laughs> um, and, and watching this dev update and sort of thinking out loud. Um, and one of the things he pointed out was um, that there are... And he, he didn't name names, obviously, but he said there are there are several teams and several coaches in the league that have gotten by for a season or two, um, letting other teams do the innovation uh, and do the strategic planning and that sort of thing. But then once you know, uh, once you know what's good, and you can more or less derive how to play it well. Um, then you can just copy that uh, in a in a league that only has patches every ten weeks or whatever. Um, um, you, you can just copy that and uh, it, it, and be more or less okay with yourself. You know, you don't have you don't have any innovation that you need to do. Um, but if we're having patches every two weeks, if we're if they only get a week's notice. Um, about the the hero pools, uh, which is uh, supposedly the way it's going to be, um, that's really going to significantly reduce the amount of time um, for anything to settle, which is the goal of, of doing it this way. But uh, it's also going to re- reduce the amount of time you have to think about "quote unquote" the meta at the pro level. And so, um, you know, just the the take that I liked. Jane was saying, you know, that this will really reward teams much more than ever has been possible um, for experimenting and trying stuff that they're going to be good at, um, rather for the relatively short time that they'll have it, rather than um, uh, this is rather than playing the meta for the sake of playing the meta or copying what other teams are doing, just because there won't be any time for that. Um, 
that's gonna be cool to see. And the you know the overall um, quote unquote mastery level of uh, of the league might go down because you don't have the time to to refine a composition for ten months uh, like you did for goats, and uh, and it's not gonna be played to that high of a degree of coordination but what you what you what you give up in that um i think it's definitely fair to say that you'll you'll uh you'll receive back in variety um and interesting moments and um much more visible and much more significant uh, um uh outplays potentially and and more more visible differences between teams like we might this might end up being more of a stratifier for the league um than we can than we can imagine right now um but you know who can who can stay on their toes for longer in in what's going to be a you know what could be for some teams a really long season uh with this kind of stuff happening yeah i i am also on the side of i like this for overwatch league um it's i mean the i think the only negative is fatigue and trying to keep up with this metal while traveling and and all that stuff um but i really i what you said that hits me the most is is teams sort of playing to their strengths and not the meta's strengths um because that's that's when overwatch league shines to me is when teams have their own identity and they're bringing their own strategy to every game and it's not just mirror comps all the time and stuff like that i i want an overwatch league where where it isn't mirror i mean we've gotten so used to goats mirror everything mirrored and i don't want that and it seems like something like this is is one of the best chances to to not see mirror comps anymore uh there aren't enough heroes in the game for for things like um, like League of Legends has, where only one hero per team. Like we don't have enough heroes yet for that, um, which which is another way to get rid of mirror comps. But that's way down the line, in my opinion. Um, overall, I'm I'm in favor of this as a viewer, as an analyst. It might be a little hard to tell who's really good and who's really bad, um, because now the most important thing that a team can have is flexibility uh, and just being able to to uh b- being players like hydration and surefor and uh these players who can just play so many different heroes that it doesn't it doesn't affect them if one of their heroes are are banned um and it's also just if you take a look at overwatch league season two and overwatch season overwatch league season one it's it's almost like which one did you like better because overwatch league season two was a majority of the time goats like almost the entire season, it was goats, um, and even when we finally got two two two, it was still like it was. There was still no full full damage type comps like we got in season one, especially at the end of season one when we got the sniper meta during the during the playoffs, and all of a sudden the five and six seed were insanely good, London and Philly, uh, because the meta favored them. Um, and I feel like that's just that's going to happen less too, uh, because I mean certain metas can favor dif- different teams certain weeks I guess, but there's not enough time. A week is not enough time for a meta to form, right? That's it's just yeah, no way. Yeah, so there's just not going to be metas 
anymore. Basically, there will be like week to week metas and they'll all change. And I'm certain like Toronto is going to be playing a different team comp than San Francisco every week. Like it's, it's just going to change. It's going to be weird and crazy in the wild West. And it's just about who understands the game of overwatch best and who understands their team the best instead of who, who knows who the best six heroes in the game are. And um, just play those ones because every every once in a while one of those six heroes are going to be banned and you're not going to be able to play it and that's going to throw the whole comp off so you just got to play to your strengths finally which is i which is exactly what makes overwatch league fun it's not fun to just see everybody not innovating it's not fun to ever see everybody just say yep goats is the best so everyone play goats um i completely agree with jane there I, I hate, I mean, they, to be fair, Overwatch League teams um, had didn't have enough time to, in, to innovate before, I don't think. And uh, now they certainly don't have that much time, but the innovation is going to come from just the fact that they're, that strategy is almost thrown out the window. It's more strategizing of how you can play to your team's strengths instead of, instead of uh, building a certain composition because that composition could just be thrown away. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe it's, um, you, you know, it doesn't come out this way. There's some pattern that, um, the, you know, teams discover they're able to exploit or that sort of thing. But uh, I, I can't, can't imagine that that's uh, super likely, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think it is. Um, I also think, I think people think this is going to be like an insane change, but it's only four heroes. And I don't think it's. Like every week, there are only going to be four heroes banned from the game. It's not that many. It's not like the half the roster's gone or something. Um, but besides that, I think one of the bigger arguments, even from Huck, who you can see on his Twitter, uh, Boston Uprising Man, said that he would rather have the teams ban um, instead of Blizzard themselves. Uh in a perfect world where teams were actually innovating and banning to their strengths, I think that would work better, but I don't see that happening. I see everyone doing the same thing they did with following goats as the best composition. They will also just ban whoever one else bans because those are the best heroes. So you just ban them. That's, that's what I see happening. So I like this a little better. Yeah. And, uh, uh, one of the things, it, 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 I think it was from one of these, these articles I read with um, in an interview somewhere, but thinking about that if, if Blizzard is the one directing the bans, um, uh, and again, if it's based um, more or less primarily on on uh, play data and hero pick rates and that sort of thing, that if there ends up being... Um, from one of these balance patches, a, a character that's super, um, super OP or, or super, you know, out of place, um, th- that they can use that opportunity of, of throwing them in the ban list, uh, and, you know, have a little bit of time to fix it potentially, um, before the next, uh, patch comes out and they're, um, pulled out or, or put back in rotation. Yeah. Um, that could end up being a strategy we see. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I. It's a huge change. It, we're 
everyone's everyone's on one side or the other right now, but I've seen I think overall it's it's good for the fans, a little tough on the players and coaches. Uh but we'll see if it really does cause fatigue or if or if coaches are just going to adapt and and figure out how to coach in a new era where there are hero pools. Uh, and players are going to figure that out too. It's it's just going to take a little bit of time here, obviously. Anything else to say about this whole thing? What a what a developer update! Round of applause, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I, I guess the question is: Was it worth um, waiting more than a year? Uh, I'm not sure if I could answer that satisfactorily, but we have one now, so that's something. Yep, uh, we have. Some things, especially it's good to have some things before Overwatch 2 comes out, obviously, and we're, we're not having too many heroes until Overwatch 2 comes out. So at least we're getting like weekly changes in the game. That's true, because th- th- there were a couple um, a couple other things mentioned oh, yeah. in the video, too, yep. um, that there'll be some workshop stuff coming out. I said there'll be uh, some more details later. They're going to continue their anti-cheat efforts. Evidently, there's some sort of big change coming to that. Um, improvements to replays, including exportable, shareable replays, which is super exciting. Um, no timeline on that. Um, and one of the biggest changes um, <laughs> is coming down the pipe. We get the chance to sort our player icons. Um, yes, it's crazy. Um, apparently, the career profile is getting a quote-unquote big uh, <laughs> really big revamp in Overwatch 2 but until then we will at least have sortable player icons nice sort those yeah it, player icon screen is messy career <laughs> profile in general is pretty messy I'm glad they're they're fixing that um yeah any that's that's the developer update and it it was pretty pretty good all right. Uh, Absolutely. Let's can't wait for the next Dinoflask video. <laughs> oh yeah, gonna be huge. Uh, let's move on to some Overwatch League news. Player-wise, Dallas Fuels Mickey. You know him. You love him. Uh, he didn't play at all last year. If I'm remembering, uh, maybe not. Maybe at some points. Maybe at the Dallas homestand they put him on the stage. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. Um, but yeah, he's not going to be able to play anymore because they have moved him to uh, content creation, which I think is technically Envy now. He's not a Dallas Fuel member. He's with Envy. Yeah, sounds right. Um, I, I have nothing to say about this besides, yeah, that that's where he probably belongs. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to say? Yeah, I mean, you know, on the one hand... Um, as a player, it's unfortunate, but I mean, you kind of also have to assume that um, it's better to, to to be in a position where you know, like you'll be used rather than. Um, it, it, I just feel like as a player sitting on the bench, eventually you start to wonder, you know, is there something better I could be doing with my life? <laughs> Not to be like super deep, but yeah, like. Yeah, you you, you kind of want to do something, so he's got something to do now. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, and all, yeah, all the NV members are finding the original NV members is what I mean. They're finding finding places like Taimu and stuff like that. 
yeah. who have been pushed out of the starting lineup. They're finally finding their spot in Overwatch again, um, which stinks. They're not at the top anymore because they were once, but they've they've been pushed out now. Okay. Um, today, Atlanta Rain had a nice little um, Marvel style video uh, that announced their their two, final two signings of the offseason. Uh, Fire and Kodak. Kodak actually was on Atlanta before. Uh, they, they do a cheeky little reference in the video to that. Um, but yeah, uh, Fire. speaking of Envy, Fire was on Envy um, huh. and is now on Atlanta. So, well, there you go. Yeah. And yeah, everyone's excited about this roster. I've seen this roster in a lot of top five power rankings so far, Joe. So we'll see where we put them. It's true. Which um, we, we'll be able to see our power rankings um, coming out next week because that's the plan after we do our Pacific Division preview at the end of this episode. Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, Paris is to be based in New Jersey instead of Paris, which, yeah, also makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, yeah, this is mainly because, uh, well, they're going to be spending a lot of time in, in the United States, obviously. Uh, because of their matches, but uh, also they, if they're in Paris, they could only scream. They can only scrim against London, of course, on the EU servers. Uh, but they couldn't even scrim against London because I think London's also going to be based in uh, the U.S. Uh, but yeah, Paris is uh, they're they're staying in New Jersey so that they can scrim against uh, all the teams in in the Eastern United States, which yeah makes makes a lot of sense. It's- probably a good decision yeah it's uh th- this article describes it as a blow to the league's vision of an intercontinental league wow but i mean it, uh, arguably it's uh uh hasn't quite uh reached the vision yet really anyway so <laughs> yeah i mean maybe one maybe one day when esports in general hits the vision of sport normal sports which is practicing against yourself instead of against other teams uh, yeah. When that day happens, maybe Paris will move to Paris. But for now, everyone screams against each other. So that'll they'll probably just stay in New Jersey until until that happens. Uh, until they're confident enough that they their bench players can scrim against their starting lineup. Uh, which yeah, I don't know if that'll ever happen in esports, but we'll see. Um, yeah, they'll be in New Jer- the New Jersey Eternal. Super excited for them. Um, okay. Uh, oh God, this we did. I didn't even I didn't even realize that this piece of news was in. it was in the last week. God. <laughs> um, yeah, Overwatch League is going to be on YouTube exclusively for season three. Yeah. Um, when J- Joe actually was the one that. You were the one on Discord that messaged me that, and when I saw it, I did not believe it. I was like, "No, <laughs> that's not true." Like, I just saw your message in my notifications. I was like, "That's just YouTube, no way." Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the truth. Um, yeah, YouTube gaming. Yeah, because their uh, their Twitch contract evidently expired at the end of season two, um, and it's been in limbo since within the, uh within the last week also the call of duty pro league and i don't know the name of it uh but also the hearthstone pro league um all of those obviously 
Activision Blizzard uh, IPs, and so they're all going to be on YouTube uh, for their their upcoming seasons. Yep, and as far as so we've we've gotten like some numbers, I guess so far because Call of Duty uh, that premiere that the first week was last weekend in Minnesota, and viewership actually did better than Call of Duty World League from last year, um, where the peak viewership of that entire league out of the whole season last year was sixty six thousand, um, and the peak viewership from this weekend was over a hundred thousand. So wow. yes, they, they already did better. Um, pretty crazy. Hearthstone, as far as Hearthstone goes, there was an event today. It did not do better. <laughs> did a lot worse. <laughs> uh, but Hearthstone esports is a dying scene <laughs> anyways. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I don't think, I think Hearthstone seems more like a Twitch thing than call of duty i think more people who are on youtube like call of duty than hearthstone i think uh, hearthstone's yeah. like a pretty hardcore gamer game where people on twitch would <laughs> if, if a person goes on twitch instead of youtube they're more likely to know what hearthstone is compared to just a normal youtube person i don't know if i've ever heard the word hearthstone and hardcore gamer in the same sentence (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean which i can say because i don't play hearthstone (laughs) hearthstone's for hardcore gamers joe all right um but yeah we'll see how sorry for all the hearthstone fans (laughs) we'll see how uh owl does this this upcoming weekend i guess um i don't i don't see it doing better viewership wise but seems like i mean apparently league of legends youtube game youtube viewership was higher than twitch last season huh because apparently there are advantages which obviously there are advantages but um like because like apparently the, the quality is better um yeah they have better it was like it was like the main thing that i've seen but um also yeah, it's, it's just remains to be seen uh who that'll convince. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, I do like YouTube player YouTube's player a lot better than Twitch because you can rewind in during oh, live. Yeah. You can go you can just rewind if you miss something, you can go back. Um and if you are joining late, you can go back, which is super nice. Um Oh, well, I mean, but Twitch chat, you know, Twitch chat's pog J J lol K E like it's just it's, just, it's all gone. <laughs> um yeah, the chat system's gonna be missed, clipping's gonna be missed. Um it seems like tokens and stuff like that will come back eventually, but for now are dead. Yeah, they just gotta build the uh like the infrastructure for it. Yeah, apparently it already exists for Fortnite. Apparently Fortnite had drops on YouTube. Hmm. But interesting. Uh, Valistica, Pete Valistica, commissioner of Overwatch League, if you didn't know, tweeted about tweeted about drops and said that they were working on on it coming to to YouTube eventually, which obviously heavily implies it's not happening immediately. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's like youtubecom slash Overwatch League. Yep, it's the new uh, thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I like I personally use Twitch more than I use YouTube, but I use both websites pretty. I don't, I just don't use YouTube for gaming stuff. I I watch 
comedy videos and stuff like that on YouTube. Um, so yeah, and it's I think one of the it's hard to it's it was very hard to find the Call of Duty League broadcast on YouTube. Like you have to search it. It's not like in your face at all. Uh, yeah, or if you just like get a link from somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's not yeah like on the front page or anything. Yeah, it's not in your face unless you are subscribed to that channel. Then it'll be in your face. Um, so I'm just wondering how they're going to get like new viewers and who aren't subscribed. I imagine they'll do something to to change to to get those viewers. But yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be. An interesting ride, I think. Yeah. I think overall, so far, so far, there's a lot more positive reaction to it than I thought there would be. So maybe it's not that as bad as I but, thought at first. Yeah, same thing for me. I think I expected, like when when the news originally broke, which was like the afternoon before CDL started, and I, I went on Reddit just expecting for it to be like blowing up, and most of these people just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, even. <laughs> Even both Monty and Doa, who absolutely hate hero pools, by the way, um, both of them tweeting about hero pools yesterday, seem like maybe one of the reasons why they pieced. Um, yeah, absolutely did not like hero pools, but they both really liked the move to YouTube. Um, they both said that that was actually a good choice. So interesting interesting to see it's always everyone's got an opinion i haven't seen honestly have not seen that many bad op- opinions on uh, the youtube move either i've just seen that people would rather have it on twitch but it's nice that twitch has competition and stuff and uh yeah okay but not as bad as i thought of at first i guess yeah um uh, joe let's uh, i am to the listeners out there i'm highlighting something in our google doc but let's let's move <laughs> this let's move this back to next week i think it'll be interesting to like let it leave oh and then compare let it leave a week and compare based off of the big news like see see what happens there um That's and fair. also we have That's a pack fair. we're like 45 minutes in and we got we still haven't gotten to our preview so it probably fits next week better. <laughs> you guys will uh, have to listen to the podcast next week to find out what we were talking about. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Good content. Yes. Uh, well, coronavirus. Uh, if you haven't heard of this, then you're living under a rock for sure. I don't have to. I'm not. I'm not going to explain what coronavirus is to you. Um, but yeah, that's a. There's a virus in China. And we finally got some announcements on what the league is going to be doing because of those, because of that virus. Uh, first, we got little releases, press release type things from the Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge, and Shanghai Dragons. Uh, we got nothing from Hangzhou, I guess. Joe? Uh, not that I know of. Not that I saw. They don't care. Let me double check. They're not scared. They're not scared <laughs> of the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what is happening. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah, scrolling through their Twitter feed, I have not seen anything. Yeah, they don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, so I think it was... Yes. Um, the Shanghai Dragons and Guangzhou Charge are... Uh, wait, which one was... Safety... It's, it's Chengdu is not Chengdu's leaving. Chengdu is not leaving. Okay, Guangzhou Charge Shanghai are going to Korea. 
They're going to Seoul. They're leaving China where the virus is, but Chengdu, they don't care. They are staying in China. Um, apparently, they and taking precautions, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> they don't. They don't care at all. No, there are. Yeah, they're making sure their players are and staff don't have the virus. Uh, they're. They are making sure everyone's clean. They're fully sanitizing them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which uh, prompted some memes <laughs> of just like Among rolling onto rolling onto the stage in like a hermetically sealed ball. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely great. Uh, He's sanitized and ready for Overwatch action. Yep. Um. But yeah, then then the league came out and uh, in a, a separate statement said the February and March matches that take place in China are going to be rescheduled. Uh, so yeah, that's that's just which yeah, it's, it's unfortunate they didn't use the word with the word rescheduled canceled. Um, they said they're going to cancel them and then. Um, they'll be played or like they'll let us know when they're going to be played at a later date or something. So basically they'll be rescheduled. Yeah. I, I think they use the word canceled because I think they're implying like those homestands are not happening anymore. Yeah. That they're rescheduling it to be, and it's going to be somewhere else. Uh, all the matches there's a Shanghai first tweeted that they were going to be online and then deleted that tweet. So, Oh, I hadn't seen yeah. that. They, the matches might be played online, which uh, would be interesting. Yeah, people don't want really, and there's a little bit of a disadvantage to playing online, obviously, to the rest of the league who does not have to play online. Um, specifically, like the Atlantic teams who don't have to go to China until uh, July. So th- they won't have to deal with this at all, possibly, unless coronavirus um really hits china and stays there till july uh, yeah but but uh yeah this i mean if you would you know all the people who bought tickets and all the plans that all these teams were trying to make you know it's a lot to to try to you know i mean they're not throwing it away obviously because it's for the for the health of the players and the safety of the organization but um to, for that to go you know more or less um out the window for a while. It's, it's got to be a little discouraging. They had, uh, um, I ran across, ran across a blog post by one of the, uh, Guangzhou staff just sort of talked about their timeline for the decision. Um, they said apparently there was a, a conference call, uh, with all four Chinese teams and the league staff, um, uh, that happened on Tuesday, the 28th. Um, and I think that's probably when this official statement came out too. Is like after they, um, the yeah, it's the on the night of the next day, the night of the 29th, they made their statement. Um, so yeah, so they had they consulted all the teams, you know, and stuff. And now, I mean, that's basically what you had to do in that situation, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think anyone's disagreeing with this decision, it just has to be done, just has to be done. Um, I think that. Did we mention it's? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just say, did we mention it's not a uh, uniquely Overwatch League oh, thing yeah, too no. either? Um, that 
there's some kind of League of Legends thing that's got yeah. canceled the too. Two, the league that takes place, I can't remember, LPL, I think it's called. The League of Legends League for the Chinese League of Legends League, LPL, I think it's called, uh, is also canceled. Um, for for the time being, they have not played any matches in the season so far because of it. So, and and overall, China has just canceled almost every event. Any any event where everyone is going to be gathering together and can get each other sick easily has been canceled in China. So, this is just happening. Um, it's like there's nothing they can do, and it just it just sucks. But nothing you could do. It it affects like week two through four, and then. I think a couple other weeks too. Uh, there's there's a good amount of Chinese Chinese matches in the first two months here, um, in the first seven weeks. So there is a match in Seoul, but that is, the home stand in Seoul that is not affected. That's still happening. Um, and hopefully, and hopefully it'll stay. That yes, way. hopefully, because uh, obviously Korea is pretty close to China, so that could spread. Who knows? All right. Um, anything else to say about that except that it sucks? Um, yeah, it does. It's just, true. Just bad circumstances. But, yeah. Uh, but I think that is about all the news we got. Yeah. Yeah. So we move on to the preview of our last division. We have done the East. We've done the North. We've done the South. And if you you didn't listen to those podcasts, they are back the last three weeks or so. Go check them out. They're titled uh, East, South, and North Division Previews. They're easy to find. Go and look at them if your team is in one of those divisions. But today, we are previewing the, the proclaimed best division in the league, the West. Uh, the West is best. And I think that's specifically because of those two teams, the Vancouver Titans and San Francisco shock, obviously the top two teams from last year uh, are both in this one division. Also, the gladiators are pretty dang good. Fuel of Valiant could be better. It's true. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't think uh, you'll have much uh, disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you haven't listened to these yet, me and Joe go through each team. We go. We tell you what we think their best pickup of the offseason was and their worst loss. We tell you guys a player we are most looking forward to watching uh, from each team. And then we tell you if that team is going to be top 10 or bottom 10. Um, not, a, not as a part of our official power rankings or anything. We haven't made those yet. Um, just sort of guesstimates on how good they're going to be. And then after we previewed all the, all the teams, we will tell you which regional team won the offseason, and then we'll tell you which team is going to win the division this season. All right. And we're going to start with the Vancouver Titans. Uh, the Vancouver Titans, overall in the regular season last year, got first. They had the best record, 25-3 and three overall. Uh, of course, they didn't win the championship. They didn't win the grand finals. They lost in the grand finals to the San Francisco Shock. They got second, technically. Um, they were the best team in the Pacific Division, uh, which is now the Pacific Conference, and they were the best team in the West Division uh, as far as regular season record goes. Um, as far as their off season goes, Vancouver had a little bit of changes here. 
Uh, they lost. TZ, Repel, Hureg, and Bumper. While they added Fissure and Ryuji Hong, uh, only two additions, but two pretty big names there. Uh, out of those two, Joe, uh, do we do we want to split on who we think was the best pickup, or are we going to both pick the same? Who are you going with? I mean, that's the question. I'm going to take Jay Hong, um, which might be the the less obvious of the two, um, but only because Fisher's got enough of a history that. Um, I'm not quite convinced yet um, that he's going to be good for this team necessarily, um, which obviously we'll find out um, you know, as the season progresses. But in the meantime, um, uh, I'm not, uh, not comfortable throwing all my weight behind him quite yet. Yeah, I'm also going Jay Hong. <laughs> um, <laughs> mainly because I just can't, I can't give it to Fisher because his track record is obviously not, not the greatest um he's been on this is his fourth team so far and there's only this is only the third season so (laughs) you're averaging a lot of teams here yeah he's a super good tech player uh and you know he's got big shoes to fill in bumper uh who by the way has still not been picked up for a team um but 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 yeah it's just uh, statistically you kind of got to assume he's not going to be uh, all there quite yet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The only place I, I obviously on soul, I was not impressed with fissure Marvel, who I think is an okay main tank was performing better than him and deserved the starting spot over him, uh, which is sad for him at fissure just doesn't mold well with people. It seems he, he wants to be the guy he wants to be the star and that worked super well on on the gladiators obviously until he decided to not play in the playoffs because he was that much of a leader um <laughs> it's the, the mark of a true leader yep. is letting all of your other teammates have the glory exactly <laughs> <laughs> when you're in playoffs exactly um, as far as worst loss goes, I guess I'll, I'll start with this one. As I mentioned before, they lost TZ Rappel, who went to Houston Outlaws, who reg also went to Houston Outlaws, but as an assistant coach and bumper who strangely doesn't have a place yet, uh, because I'm choosing bumper who I think, uh, obviously he was one of the faces of this team last season. He was an all-star. He was in the MVP race. He was, he was a big player. Uh, and I think really good in goats maybe got worse as the season went on, but honestly, I, I don't know why he's not on a team. I think he's pretty good tank. So I'm, I'm going bumper. I think Fisher is a little bit of a downgrade from bumper in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I sort of, uh, sort of assumed you would pick bumper. Uh, <laughs> so in my head, I had already, um, come up with a, you know, a second option mm-hmm. um but, but i'm gonna uh, still my surprise you. i'm gonna go with tizzy mm-hmm. actually uh, as as um who i'm gonna say was their their worst drop of the off season because like if they were gonna get rid of bumper um <laughs> i don't understand why you would also drop tizzy and granted those probably were two separate decisions but um you know he came in like three weeks before playoffs or something ridiculous like that. Um, and basically carried the Titans through playoffs, um, and then got dropped just like immediately. Um, and that was it. And, and we haven't seen him since. 
and both of them are not on teams. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think for, you know for all the success that he had with Vancouver Titans, and I think he's also former London Spitfire, also uh, there for a while. Uh, but that was several teams ago. Um, but but with with all the success that he had there, to just sort of get unceremoniously kicked to the curb um, after after grand finals, I thought that was interesting and um, potentially not a good decision. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, people have been overall ranking Vancouver lower than what they finished, and I think that makes sense because I don't think their off season was the best off season. Certainly didn't make very many uh, upgrades in a league that was full of upgrades. Yeah, got to agree with you there. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, Runaway overall was only, Runaway as an organization, like, barely made changes unless unless their players were being promoted to Overwatch League. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then you just throw them out and start Yeah, exactly. Um, they, yeah, Runaway as an organization stayed pretty similar until their players left for better things. Um, so let's see. Uh, what's next? Oh, yes. Player we would like to watch. Joe, who are you, who are you looking forward to watching this season on the Vancouver Titans? So uh, I think my answer here is going to be uh, – I think, well – it's a different question between the player that I want to watch and potentially the player I think is going to be the most interesting to watch. Um, who um, f- for the second one I would say Fisher is going to be um, just the most interesting personality on this team to watch as the season continues. But um, but which player am I actually? Uh, which player do I actually want to watch? Um, as the season goes on, I, I want to say uh, I'll say Hawksaw. Um, just cause, uh, obviously famous for his Genji, um, uh, and, and, uh, really cool DPS plays that we've, we've been able to see some of them, but I think in a, uh, and you know, I can make comments like this now based on this week's news, but in a, excuse me, in a two, 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 um, season three and in a season three, that's going to have in theory, the most hero variety, um, that we've ever seen, um, uh, I, I want to see what uh, he's able to do to keep the Titans relevant, I guess, is, is a good way of putting it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's hard not to answer DPS players in general now after the news this week, honestly, like Stitch, too. It's just going to be interesting to see because I think I think it's a lot of it's going to be on DPS again because they're going to have to be flexible, and we're going to see them on, on different heroes potentially every week. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll finish your fissure thought because <laughs> yeah, I, I think all eyes are on fissure because he's going to be like, if he, if he can be, it seems like every team he's on, it's, he's like either the reason they suck or the reason they're good. Um, <laughs> and that sucks. That stinks to be a player like that. Uh, because you're either just, if you're losing fissure is freaking out, he's causing problems. He wants to win. He's one of those players, but if if they're winning, then they're doing so well because Fisher is probably popping off and carrying the team. I'm excited to see which one of those happen because if if Fisher is as good as he was on the Gladiators, on the Titans, who already are a fantastic team, yeah, that's going to be very fun to watch. Um, but it might also be fun to watch the Vancouver, the fall of the Vancouver Titans. 
Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get a little bit of both yeah. at different parts of the season. Maybe. I imagine. I imagine it'll just be the same as Soul, and they'll be in the mid. They'll be in the middle. It'll, it won't be extreme. Um, but yeah, but Vancouver Titans, as I mentioned, got they were the best in the regular season last year. Not in the playoffs, uh, but as far as record goes, they were the best of the best. Do you, you see them falling from that first place spot all the way to the bottom 10 this year? Joe. <laughs> uh, cer- certainly not that far, I'm not thinking. Um, I, I like your your logic of... Um, the, the, I, I definitely see that... Um, the with with the upgrades you know they may or may not have made uh this offseason it's going to be hard to um to 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 definitively maintain um the top spot that they they earned last season but um i don't think there's any doubt that they're definitely going to be a good team still um going into season three yeah i (laughs) i think i'd be stupid to say the vancouver titans are bottom 10 uh, this team's, despite the lack of an offseason, really, has still got the good core roster here. Um, one of the best in the league. So, yeah, they're they're going to be in the top ten. I can guarantee it. Okay. Next, we move on to the San Francisco Shock, the defending champions of this league. They in the in the regular season. They got second overall. They went 23-5, and five, and that was mainly because of a shaky start. Uh, not as good of a stage one as Vancouver, uh, but of course that didn't matter because they were champions in the end. Um, they got second overall. They got second in the Pacific Division. They got second in the Pacific West. And uh, the San Francisco Shock, as far as the offseason goes, they had some players leave. They had... Um, one player leave, Nevix. He went to Toronto to find, and that was it. And as far as additions go, they had one player join. Uh, <laughs> ANS, ANS, I don't know how to pronounce it. But Joe, this makes our work super easy here. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, who do you think their best pickup was, Joe? <laughs> I mean, if we can... You know, sort of, sort of talk about both these guys just in terms yeah. of, um, you know, we, we've kind of been been quantifying players who leave based on, um, uh, based on where they they went and if they um, managed to secure Overwatch League spots still or or that kind of thing. Um, and I mean, you know, Navix going to Toronto, I think, is certainly a, was a, a good pickup and valuable for them. Um, uh, I'm I'm kind of a fan of their roster. We I sort of mentioned when we did our um, Atlantic preview. What are they? North? Uh, yeah, they must be north. Um, but when we did an Atlantic, our Atlantic preview, I mentioned that I'm I'm kind of a fan of Toronto. But um, uh, but, but, yeah, you know, Navix going there, I think it's it's definitely a valuable move. Um, and and then ANS, we don't know much about. Um, obviously, coming up from. Uh, contenders, uh, or it looks like he was actually retired for the month of 2019, was not on a team. Um, but he's here now, um, and clearly um, somebody saw something in him. Uh, it looks like a hit scan player um, with some decent uh, 
some kind of decent success in <laughs> in contenders Korea. Um, and he, you know, he's got big shoes to stand next to. I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be doing any filling necessarily uh, on this San Francisco shock roster, but um, yeah, certainly the, the unknown quantity here uh, for this team. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's a, now I was making fun of all these five DPS teams, but honestly, uh, now the hero pulls here. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good choice, in my opinion. Um, yeah, just having that flexibility and damage is going to be fantastic. I don't. I don't know if we ever see him. I before we see him, I want to see more striker again. Uh, basically, the season one MVP, and we're we barely saw him last year. So I, I want to see Tracer come back. I want to see Striker come back. I want to. I want to see some things happen. Um, yeah, so only only one pickup and one loss, but both I think it was a fine pickup to a, an amazing roster already. And Nevix was not that bad of a loss at all. Not he wasn't. I don't think he played at all last year. So they've already got great tanks. Um, but yeah, what I mentioned Striker right there. Maybe I'll. Maybe that's okay. That that was a good segment into our player to watch. I'll say striker <laughs> because I think with hero pools, I think we're going to see striker more. Uh, we got to see him a little bit last season, but I just want to see, I want to see tracer back. I miss tracer. And when tracer comes back, I know striker is going to be killing it. I just want tracer, but I just want striker back. Um, striker, please. Uh, Joe, what, who, who are you looking forward to watching on this championship roster? I, that's the question, right? Because I'm sort of going through um, the, the roster in my head. And I'm trying to figure out if there's um, a particular individual or even a particular role that's going to look more. Um, it's going to look more different here at the end of this season than um, than the DPS role will, honestly. Uh, which is interesting because you know we had a whole. Um, uh, we, we had the whole two 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 stage, you know, at the end of season two that was supposed to take care of that. But, uh, but I think still the DPS role is going to look a lot different um, here in over season three than it ever has. Um, uh, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, I could say ANS again because of his his rookie status, um, but even somebody like. Um, even somebody like Sinatra, you know, we, we've seen some of the flexibility that he has, um, but is he going to be used the same way by this roster? Uh, in, you know, it's still in a lot of ways, it's a different game um, this season. Uh, it's just about trying to see the way that he's going to be relevant, because he's going to be relevant, but it's just a matter, it's a question of how and, and when, and in what heroes? Yeah, I, yeah. San Francisco's a, an exciting team to watch. I know we got bored of them by the end of the season, but honestly, there's we forget who is on their bench. We forget how flexible they are, and I think they're going to be flexing when it comes to the hero pool here as well. Uh, top ten, bottom ten. I'll answer for us. Top ten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same thing as uh, it's the same thing as Vancouver. I mean. Uh, obviously, I mentioned for Vancouver how how few roster changes they really made this past season, um, and that's also true for for uh, uh, San Francisco. But I'm not sure it's as big a deal for them, honestly. 
um, based on things we've seen and and based on what we know this team to be. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be no surprise at all uh, when they finish in the top. They 10. were just they were undoubtedly the best team last season. Um, I couldn't say that about the inaugural champions, London Spitfire, because honestly they were pretty rough that season, and then brought it together at the end. San Francisco dominant almost the entire season. They were just, they don't need to make changes. Um, all right, let's move on to teams that actually made moves in the off season. And my God, did this team make moves? Los Angeles valiant. Um, lots. This is a completely different roster. Basically besides three people, uh, Los Angeles valiant last season, barely missed playoffs. They were one game behind the Chengdu Hunters in 13th place, so close to making it to the postseason to that wild card tournament. Uh, at th- at 13th place with 12 and 16 uh, in the overall standings, they were ninth in the Pacific. Um, so nine out of 10, that, that's the Pacific was insane. Um, and they, but they were not the worst team in this West division. Dallas Fuel still takes that spot. Um, yeah, Los Angeles Valiant this off season, as I mentioned, lost uh, a lot. <laughs> they lost a lot. Um, they lost space. They lost Kareev. They lost Agilities. They lost Fact Fiction. They lost Custa, and um, they lost Slur, who also joined the team in the off season. and then they just decided no we're just kidding um yeah so they picked up dreamer apply lastro and alongside those three they picked up slur and eventually dropped them um they picked up gig rain and ksp uh who have who have all been pickups in the last month actually uh, and I guess there were only three remaining from the roster last year, KSF, Shax, and McGravy. They got two KS players here. Oh, and I guess I guess another move they made was they changed their colors from yellow and green to yellow and blue. Um, is that what won them the offseason, though? No, that is what lost them the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Joe. What was their best pickup of the offseason? We got six players that uh, a lot of people aren't too hot on, but p- pick the best one. Who was the one from Sydney? Was that McGravy? No, McGravy played on Envy. Um, and then Florida. Um, did, they brought in somebody from Sydney. That right? might have been Slur, maybe. Was that Slur? No, Slur's from United Kingdom. Um, I don't know if they did because I'm unless it was an American or Korean player playing in in Korea because these are are, are in, in Australia, Australia. <laughs> Sydney, Korea. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, but at any rate, um, uh, uh, you know, other than that, it's really hard to say because um, again, lots of these players that we don't really know. Um, I think it's hilarious to ksf and ksp are also both dps players um so so they'll have that going for them but um yeah it's i don't know um even like of a good way to to measure these people right now um 
just because of yeah i mean this is the this is the roster we've been you know poking fun at all off season basically <laughs> uh, even back in um september you know right after grand finals uh, I, I, probably not that long ago but um, we were talking about oh they're they're going uh they're going cheap and they're you know this is going to be the budget team and and all this and yeah, it's it's gonna be really hard to shake that. I just uh, as a Los Angeles value, you kind of gotta be concerned about that, I guess. But like, if you're the PR people, it's 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 a whole big thing over there. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, I found out who the player you're thinking of. Dreamer was on the Sydney Drop Bears. Uh, oh. I I just know that that's uh. It's a good team that rarely gets recognition because they're all the way in Australia. Yep. Um, I don't know who to pick. We have two people who actually were in Overwatch League. Apply was on Florida Mayhem in um, for a little bit. Where is this? Florida Mayhem. Yeah, in season. Yeah, last season. The gravy, too. Uh, and then um, who was the other person? The Grain. Rain was also on Florida Mayhem, though. Um, from twenty from June to June to October, Rain was on Florida Mayhem too. So I, I mean, when your when your team is filled with players that used to be on Florida Mayhem, it's um, not usually a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> not a good sign at all. I would say this is like the, you walk into the LA Valley training house and they're like, like, wow, such, you know, good coordination. It's like, you've all, it's like, you've all played on a team before. And like, we have, it's like, Oh, wow. It's cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad they were able to make these kinds of roster decisions, you know, bring team cohesiveness in mind, whatever. Um, what team do you guys play for? Florida mayhem. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> oh, it's going to be that kind of roster, isn't it? Players so bad they were dropped by the mayhem. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a, a best pickup here because um, I don't think they deserve one. They could have done better, in my opinion. Um, Which again, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope we will, just because um, you know Valiant's always been one of the cooler teams on in like that area of the league in my opinion but just because i like their their thing that they got going you know <laughs> what that what thing do they have going i don't know just their <laughs> their their un style their uh what's the word i'm trying to think of uh the the insubstantial maybe thing that they oh. got going the <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know the word is i'm trying to come up with Okay. Um, well, they are v- undoubtedly valiant, and that's all that matters. Um, but the, the more interesting thing to talk about here is the worst loss, of course, because out of these six, they could, could choose any of them and give me a good reason. Well, out of the five, if you, it's six if you count slur. I don't think anyone is coming out to argue that them losing slur is like insane. Other than <sighs> now they have fewer bodies to put on stage. Yeah. Um but yeah, Joe, who who out of these 5 do you do you think is the biggest loss for the Valiant? Well, I was going to go through um and again, we just keep making jokes about this team and I kind of feel bad, but um 
I, I was gonna go through their roster and like roll by roll and try to figure out which which role they're lacking on the most and try to pick one of those players that they dropped from, but I mean that's still very hard to do. Um to 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 try to pick, you know, players that um that where there's clearly like a, a noticeable hole on the roster. But um I think Custa is the easy answer. because um, uh, obviously, he's in the the talent pool now, and that's it's a whole thing for him. Um, but my other answer, um, after highlighting the easy answer, is going to be Kareev. Um, uh, he and Agilities both obviously went to the Toronto Defiant, um, and they'll both be super valuable there. But um, I think uh, Kareev was was just showing some stuff off last season for LA Valiant. Now he doesn't really have the chance to. Um, I mean, because he's not there. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't. Know. You could pick any of these. Um, fact fiction, not as much, but Custa, Jildes, Creative Space were just—they all had huge, huge roles on this team. Obviously, they wanted to go budget. Uh, Space is super good. They're gonna miss him. Um, but yeah, Kareev is just like, he's Kareev's the, the MVP of this team last, last season. He really carried them towards the end and it even gave them a chance to make playoffs after their 07 start. Um, yeah, just it's rough. You look at those names and you're like, yeah, cause Valiant while they, while they didn't make playoffs, they're pretty good towards the end actually. And they were getting, they were getting some wins towards the end there. So they went four and three in stage four. They went five and two in stage three. Um, it was really the beginning of the season that got them. I mean, even in stage two, they went three and four. Um, but stage one, when they went zero and seven really put them behind. So I kind of like, once they finally got their stuff together, Valiant seemed like a good team, so it's kind of confusing why they they wouldn't budget with it, but it's fine. Uh, who are you looking forward to watching, Joe? Um, uh, I'll say uh, I mean because we want to here. You, you know, I'm not gonna say an individual person, um, but I'm gonna say I, I want to watch for whoever comes up to to step up to be like the IGL for this team now. Um, because I, I think from what I understand, that was definitely Custa's position, um, uh, in-game leader or out-of-game leader in a lot of ways for this roster. Um, but to see who's able to, to come up and do that, I think that's going to be really important for this team. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll just say Shax because he was one of my favorite players to watch once 2-2-2 came. I think he's a talented DPS and... Uh, he really popped off towards the end, and I'm excited to see him again. I'm glad they at least kept him. I'll say Shax. Um, last season, as I mentioned, they got bottom 10. Um, uh, clearly, both me and Joe don't think this team improved. So top 10, Joe, is it happening? Um, I'm tempted uh, very strongly to say no uh, for this roster. Yeah, uh, it's a no for me on on a top 10 for the Valiant. They, I mean, they're budgeting. It'd be great if they got even just got near top 10 with a budget, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I'm going bottom 10. 
Okay, next we move on to that other Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Gladiators. Um, the Gladiators were one of the better teams in this uh, division last season. They got fifth overall in the regular season standings at 17 and 11. They got fourth in the Pacific Division. Um, and out of these teams in the West, they got third. Uh, the West is stacked. In the offseason, they lost some players. They gained some new ones. <laughs> it's true. Um, just like every team. But yeah, more than usual, they lost a good amount of players. I think they lost more players than the Valiant. Yeah, they did. Uh, they lost Roar, Hydration, Ripa, Decay, Surefor, Void, and Panker. Ooh, yeah, that's a lot of players. And they added a lot of players, too. They added Space, OG, Bird Ring, Mirror, Paintbrush, Bishu, LH Cloudy, and Jaru. Um, yeah, so, geez, I, I forgot how many, like, there are only two players from this, uh, roster from last season who actually happened to be on the original Gladiators roster, Shaz and Big Goose, of course. Um, so you have a lot of pickups to choose from here, Joe. Who do you think their best was? I didn't realize it was that, uh, drastic. It's pretty drastic for a team that got fifth. Yeah. Um. Uh, best pickups, I think honorable mentions um, can go to people like um, Bird Ring or like um, who, who else would I give an honorable mention to? Um, LH Cloudy, maybe. Uh, although we didn't really see tons of him, um, tons of him from, from Paris, really, even. But, um, uh, but, but I'm going to give my award here to. Um, OG actually uh, from the Dallas Fuel, um, really super successful main tank for the Dallas Fuel. Uh, honestly, who's and this is like the team of main tanks. Uh, <laughs> it seems like, um, but they'll they'll certainly definitely miss him as we'll talk about once we once we touch the Dallas Fuel here. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be their biggest pickup, especially having lost, um. People like uh, uh, Roar, I guess, was their main tank uh, over to the Washington Justice. Uh, I think somebody like OG is what you need to to try to uh, give a core to this team. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great choice. I'll go with OG's um, tank partner, Space, who I, I think is a fantastic off-tank pickup here, as I mentioned with the Valiant. I think Space is a great player, and I think Space OG is going to be a great tank duo, uh, and I think it is uh, way better than the tank duo the Gladiators had last year, in my opinion, of of Roar and um, Void. So, yeah, I, I I like Space. I like OG too. Um, yeah, worst worst loss though they had they had a lot of losses. Uh, I guess I'll go before you, Joe, to switch it up a bit. I'll, I'll go with Surefor, especially after the news that we had this past week. I think Surefor is one of the most valuable players you can have on your roster now. And a lot of people have been ranking Toronto Defiant a little bit lower. I think after this news, it bumps up a bit because Surefor is that that flexible and that good uh, at being a flex god, basically. Uh, 
at first I didn't I didn't think it was that bad of a loss, but now I do think losing Surefire special this season is is going to hurt a little bit. Um and and Gladiators overall are lacking in DPS power if you ask me. So, yeah, the Surefire loss is is going to hit hard, I feel like. How about how about for you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the easiest answer, but I mean, the second easiest has got to be Hydration, uh, who's now sitting on the Houston Outlaws roster, um, uh, which is also, I think, an, an underrated, um, the underrated team, honestly, right now from what I'm seeing in, in several different power rankings. But uh, it's the same thing, super flexible. Um, you know, he's he's played. Uh, multiple roles for the gladiators last uh last season on the dps on uh, on the orissa in particular um but uh yeah same thing that uh he's going to contribute a lot to houston and um now not to the gladiators yeah they lo- i mean hydration is just like shirt for both of them are flex super flexible um and this news is probably news that they're not the gladiators aren't excited to hear, uh, because they they lost Sherfor and Hydration, who are two of the most flexible players in the league. So, okay, uh, who are you looking most forward to watching on this team, or what what aspect are you looking forward to watch the the most, Joe? I think uh, on this roster, there's going to be a lot of eyes on people like Bird Ring, honestly. Um, uh, coming in from London Spitfire, obviously, um, is the the only person <laughs> from from that roster on this team right now. But uh, but, but I mean, uh, until the signing of um, Jaru, which was almost a month after uh, Birdring and Mirror, uh, you, you know that was it. He was there uh, uh, to talk about putting eggs in a basket he was their dps basket uh for, for a month there uh and now granted they've only got three but um after being uh, arguably in different ways outclassed by people like profit on London spitfire you know he, he's he's gotta um he's gotta be able to be really big for the gladiators um the, in a way that he hasn't maybe hasn't had the opportunity but certainly hasn't um been able to show uh, for London recently. Yeah, I, I think a lot of eyes are on him, obviously, and the DPS line in general, because everyone's looking at the DPS here and they're thinking this is one of the weaker lines in the league, honestly, as far as DPS go, especially with Bird Ring's performance last season. He's got to bounce back if if this team's going to be good, especially with Hero Pools now. DPS is super important. DPS flexibility is, that is. Uh, and I'm, mine's more related to Hero Pools, and that's going to be Bishu. I'm excited to see him return to the Overwatch League after a great first season and then unfortunately not being able to play in the second season. Um, and now he's back. Uh, and I think this Hero Pool thing also benefits him. I think he's a super flexible player as well. So I'm excited to watch Bishu. And hopefully he's in the starting lineup or will play at some point. Um, now that there's some hero pool flexibility happening because he plays some different heroes. All right. Um, they were number five last year. They've made significant changes. The question is, Joe, top 10 or bottom 10? Ha- have they improved or is this? are these changes enough to warrant some panic in Los Angeles? That's a good question, honestly. I mean... 
Uh, on paper, this roster is a lot better. Well, okay, I don't know about it's it's better uh, on paper than than last season, I think. Um, um, this is certainly more in the tank line, I think, um, than in in places like DPS. Um, I don't know where did you say they finished last season? <laughs> fifth, fifth. Ah, uh, I, I don't know. It's they they may they may fall some spots. I think, um, which I don't know exactly how many because again we haven't um, uh, sat down to actually do our proper power rankings yet. Um, but they'll probably stay top ten. But it'll be eight or nine, maybe. I think would be my okay. guess. I've got Gladiators top ten. Um, in my head, at least. I think this is a top 10 team still. I think they significantly upgraded their tank line, but I also think they pretty significantly downgraded their DPS lines. So it's it's like kind of weighing out and evening out here. It just depends what's strong this season, basically. If having tanks is... If having better tanks is better than having better DPS, then the Gladiators will thrive. Um, but they're like depending on on mirror Jaru and bird ring is probably not the best idea for the gladiators um, but I got a top 10 for now I think they're around the same and uh, still have um, Depe, which who is one of the best coaches in the league in my opinion so and coachings with hero pools coachings becoming even more important too so I think that's that's a huge part. Okay. Um, last team, Dallas Fuel. Last season, they got 15th. They went 10 and 18. They got last in the Pacific Conference at 10, 10th place, uh, which of course means they also got last out of these teams in the West. Um, this offseason, Dallas Fuel has, has had some changes. One of them we talked about today with Mickey, uh, but they, in this offseason, lost three players. They lost. OG, who we mentioned before, and then Taimu and Mickey. Not too big, uh, not too big of, of losses. OG, a pretty big loss, but Taimu and Mickey, not really part of the team last year. And then they added Decay, Gamsu, and Doha um, to this to this roster. Uh, out of those three, Joe, who do you think's their best pickup? Who's going to have the biggest impact? That is the question. I think um, I I, I kind of want to give this to to Gamsu. I think um, if only because of the loss of OG. Uh, like I just said, that um, I, I think that was certainly a big one for Dallas. That um, now the Los Angeles Gladiators are feeling the benefits of. But um, I, I mean, bringing Gamsu, bringing Gamsu and Note back together, which is super interesting. Uh, obviously, Boston Uprising uh, season one tank duo uh, now sitting on the Dallas Fuel, but um, I think that was definitely a good decision uh, from them. Uh, I'm also going to say Gamsu because I like I would p- Decay is the second best pickup in my opinion, but as a salty old Los Angeles Gladiators fan, I don't like Decay. Um, because I don't think he was worth the amount of money Los Angeles Gladiators paid for him in the end. I think he's good, but I don't think he's one of the best 
which is what he was hyped up to be. So I'm going Gamsu because I'm salty as well. Um, for worst loss, it's OG, <laughs> obviously. Uh, time it would make you great personalities, OG, OG Team Envy players, Mickey, a great, great positive energy to have around the team. But uh, as far as playing goes, I don't think either of these players are going to be missed necessarily. Um, so it's just like OG's the obvious, obvious pick here. Um, you going to surprise us, Joe, and p- pick someone else? Or yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so. Um, it, it, I mean, uh, it's worth going over my comment I made earlier in the show. I think though that um, it, it's good uh, for both of them, hopefully Mickey and Taimu, um, to be able to you know have the chance to to do something. Um, you know, quote unquote worthwhile. Obviously, that's not really the word that I want to use. But um, this, is, this is rather than sitting on a bench and not getting playtime, um, to, to be able to have that kind of validity in your work, I think is is probably a good thing, like mentally, um, even if nothing else. Yeah. Um, another big change that happened to the fuel, though, actually, is uh, they lost Jane to Facebook Gaming. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, I think he's he's also a content creator for Team Envy, I believe, yes. officially. Yeah. Yep, he is. Um, but yeah, he's no longer an assistant coach for the Dallas Field. They kept Arrow, though, so this, they still have Arrow. I, I, in my opinion, this was one of the most overrated coaching staffs in the league last year, just because Arrow and Jane are like big names at this point. Um. And I don't think either of them are that good at coaching. I think Jane belongs on Facebook gaming. He's he's good there. He's good at making content. Okay. Uh, what's next player to watch? Who are you looking forward to watching, Joe, on this this low roster here? Is it someone new? Is it someone old? Yeah, that's the question. I think um, I believe when I was asked this question, um, about a year ago, I was super high on Zachary, uh, on the D- the DPS role. Obviously, um, having been brought in um, from Fusion University most recently, um, and making a splash. <coughs> Excuse me, making a splash on the fuel. Um, um, but his uh, season two was not super spectacular. Um, I, th- I think is a fair way to describe that. Um, but yeah, so for watching people, uh, I, I don't know. I I mean, I kind of want to say. Um, in fact, I will go ahead and say uh, against to end note together, uh, together again. Um, after having been again Boston Uprising tank line, obviously, um, that that's it's, it's cool to have them back, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, 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 whether whether we'll get some of some of that um, benefit from them again, you know. Yeah, uh, we I mentioned Doa earlier, but I I think I'll mention him again because he probably deserves a little more talking about because he he was on Element Mystic, who um was the best contenders team in the world last year, of course, a DPS player for them. And I have a feeling he he might be a big part of this roster in the end. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, in the Overwatch League now. Um, 
top 10 or bottom 10 for the Dallas Fuel. Um, where my, where's my, th- they got 15th. They got 15th last season. Have they made enough moves to break that top 10, Joe? One would think, um, it, it, just, um, I guess one might not think realistically, but it's possible to think, um, that they have, uh, you'd have to be, You'd have to be like a solid Dallas fan, I think, for that to be the case necessarily. But, uh, but, but, but I'm not sure it's there, which, uh, which is unfortunate. I mean, this is another team that I've sort of been partial to um, through through its history. But um, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced it's, it's going to be. The, I think they they have the potential to do better. Um, they had the potential last season to do much better than they ended up doing. Um, I think they have the potential present tense to, to do better than last season. Um, as we're getting into matches a week from tomorrow, which is crazy. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to be able to happen actually for this roster, which is unfortunate in Dallas, actually God, in Dallas, um, where they play the valiant and the shock. Exciting. Um, God, yeah, I'm so just imagining games happening again is that's exciting me. But uh, yeah, I'm going bottom ten for Dallas. Um, they might start out hot. It seems like they always start out a little hot both seasons, and then they kind of just fall apart. And everyone slowly realizes, oh yeah, this team they're not actually good. Um, they made some improve. They made some good moves, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's good enough. Um, Dallas feels one of the most popular teams, so it's good when they're good, but I just don't think they're good enough to make top 10 yet. All right. Now that we've done all five teams, Joe, first we will, we will claim grounds to which team in this division won the off season. I think I will say before we decide that I think this division lost the offseason, in my opinion. I think all, I mean, Vancouver and San Francisco did what they needed to do, which was nothing. But just all of them, the teams who had eventful offseasons, I think had them in negative ways. I think Gladiators got a little worse. I think Valiant got much worse. I think Dallas improved maybe a little bit. Um, I will say these offseasons were a little underwhelming compared to the other divisions, but this is the best division in the league, according to everyone. So um, that being said, Joe, which team had the best off season out of these five? Yeah, it's, uh, that is a question. I don't, I'd have to go back in and think about um, the other three divisions um, to, to try to see if I agree with your, uh, with your, your West is the worst here, but I think at the same time, uh, they certainly did some of the the least in terms of um, not raw changes, but the benefit of some of their changes. I think um, not a lot of that happened. Um, arguably, the way it should have in this division is fair. Um, but you're right. Uh, Vancouver and Shock did very little. Um, I think of those two, though, I think I'm I'm more of a fan of. Uh, the shock roster, honestly, um, and and the changes that they made this offseason, which again is hardly any at all. But um, uh, like we sort of mentioned, some of the uncertainty, some of the uncertainties in Vancouver, 
um, that we won't really be able to evaluate until several weeks into the season. Um, uh, just, it just makes me a little uh, a little concerned for for rating them as highly um, as I might the shock out of these five teams. Yeah, as far as who won the offseason for me it is also San Francisco, honestly, because um, they did what they needed to do, which was nothing. Um, lost Netflix doesn't matter not relevant to them at all and uh picked up picked up another player and that's all they needed to do um i think everyone else i think dallas could have done more i think gladiators didn't need to completely wipe their roster i think valiant also did not need to completely wipe their roster and i think vancouver could have done the same at san francisco i think they made a little bit too many downgrades in my opinion instead of just staying still, staying a little bit more still than they did. Um, especially with TZ and Bumper, who I think you keep one of those. Just keep one of those two. Um, yeah, so San Francisco, I think most most of these teams had negative off seasons besides San Francisco, who just stayed the same. Um, which team is going to win this division, Joe? San Francisco won it last year, of course. Or no, Vancouver won it last year, technically. Um, but San Francisco won the championship. Does, does San Francisco um, take that postseason success and turn it into regular season success and win the division? Uh, I mean, certainly out of, out of these five teams, that's kind of it's, it's kind of where you got to lean, right? I mean, it's uh, 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 unlike like we're talking about unlike london after season one i think this team um has, has a lot more potential to stay super consistent yeah uh i think it's uh, across the board chuck is taking every taking every award from both of us here um <laughs> uh, yeah it's shock uh they i don't see them I, I see them being not only the team to win this division but maybe even the best team in the league a little bit of a spoiler towards my power rankings but yeah they're they're the team to beat right now uh but yeah that's it for our west division preview that's it for the preview of the entire league and next week we move on to our power rankings um and they should be coming earlier in the week too uh i of course part of the uprising i am going to new york so open to record before that happens or at the beginning of that happening or some sometime earlier in the week. So get ready for our power rankings. Anything else to say before we sign off, Joe? Uh, I don't think so. Other than this was, I think our longest episode in quite a while. Yes, it was since, but. since, uh, the, I can't, one of the division previews, the South division preview, maybe we had an insane amount of news as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It'll, uh, slow down a little bit maybe but of course we'll have matches to talk about um i guess starting next week because we'll probably do some kind of similar predictions like we did last season i bet yeah yeah so we'll we'll get back we'll get back to the predictions um wait who won who won the predictions last year me or you uh i think it was me but like just after the playoffs yeah, you think you came back because we started counting our stage playoff picks and stuff like that, and then then you made the comeback. It was huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be winning this year. I'll be winning this year, though. Sorry, Joe. There you go. Insider info is going to give me the win. 
Wait, I was gonna say you're you're you've got like an inside track for everything now. Yeah. So sorry, sorry about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this insanely long episode of On the Flank. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, my personal Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. Our show's Twitter is at On the Flank Show. Uh, you can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about, anything you'd like to say to us. Uh, you can also, when we do our power rankings next week, if you want a nice visual format, I, I believe Joe's going to be making a graphic to tweet uh, up on there. So go check that out. You're listening to this in one way. You can listen to it in a different way by going to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, my personal YouTube channel. You're most likely going to find that via my Twitter. We're on iTunes. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And we're on Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and only only one more week to go until until that magical first weekend of the season.